This is Hops and Spirits Bar Conversations. Come for the craft beer, bourbon, whiskey, and great drinks. Stay for the conversations. Here's your host, Jonathan Green. Can you believe the calendar has flipped once again? And you know what that means. We're leaving Craft Beer 101 and going to Cocktails 101. That means we're also one month closer to Whiskey Weeks and Whiskey 101 for our tasting notes. Uh, Jake Sollick will be joining us this month to go through all that you need to know with cocktails. And uh, we've got a lot of fun for you this month as well. Uh, there, he brings a lot of knowledge, as always. For our conversation, we talk with artist and entrepreneur Kingsley, uh, but also we have something pretty cool to talk about. We have the Hops and Spirits Jukebox playlist, which is on Spotify. You can get it at our uh, any of our social media. Click on the link in our bio, and you can get uh, a lot of the cool songs that you hear from the artists that are on the show and some that are coming up. So if you want a little clue as to who's coming up, check that out. But like I said, Kingsley is our main conversation. But up next for Tasting Notes is Jake Solik as he gives us the basics on Cocktails 101. Enjoy. It's almost time. Where did I where, where did I put those? Here they are. <laughs> it's time for Tasting Notes. Joining us here on Tasting Notes once again is Jake Solik, Beverage Director, partner with the Professors LLC. Jake, welcome back. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. Well, I appreciate it uh, as always. And now that we're continuing our summer learning series, you, you talked all things spirits, you know, Spirits 101 in June with us. Uh, Kevin Patterson was nice enough to talk Craft Beer 101, but... For, for which I think this is probably near and dear to your heart because we're doing Cocktails 101 this month. It is. I've been really looking forward to this one. <laughs> well, when it comes to things, as we go through the month, we'll talk about some different recipes, how to build off of those and, and so forth. But before we even get to that, probably need to know the basics. So with that said, what are some basics that people need to know when getting ready to do some home cocktail making? Yes, it can be a little intimidating, especially if you just hop onto Google and try to figure your way out from there. So you really got to think about making cocktails at home three ways. You've got to have the right tools, the right glassware, and the right spirits or liqueurs. And you don't need a thousand of each of those things. You just need to make sure you have the right type. And it kind of starts with tools. Uh, A lot of different sources will give you a list of different things you need, but it really comes down to about four things four or five things. You're gonna need the right kind of shaker, a good bar spoon. Uh, You're gonna need two different kinds of strainers, a Hawthorne strainer and a fine mesh strainer, and you're gonna need the right jigger. But as long as you have those five items, everything else is kind of more of a cocktail 102 or 103 sort of purchase. (laughs) So now those strainers, what what are you using those for and what are they again? Yeah, you're gonna need two different kinds of strainers. And this is something that a lot of times online sources won't really explain to you. You need a Hawthorne strainer. It looks like a a round disc with a spring around the edge. Uh, That's for straining uh, an actual shaker tin that's full of ice. But for any drink that's got citrus in it, uh, once it's been shaken, it gets a lot of fine ice shards. And the way that a good bar will keep those ice shards from getting into your cocktail is using a second strainer, and that's a fine mesh strainer. You'll see them online sometimes. It's called a tea strainer usually only about five to eight dollars but what you do is you'll hold that underneath your shaker tin and that'll get any of the ice shards out of your drink that that is good to know and then the shaker too i feel like that's important because you can go out probably find a cheap one and that can get the job done but it can also cause some issues too i believe yeah yeah it it, it depends on uh you've got how many drinks you want to make at once you know, if, if you have a big group coming over and, and you want to be shaking three or four drinks at a time, you're going to need to get a decent sized shaker. But if you're home alone, just making one, you really just need a small little 12 to 16 ounce one. And you really have two decisions. There's the Boston style shaker. This is a two part tin. Uh, you used to see one of the parts uh, be, be, be a pint glass. So you'd have one side is metal and one side is glass. Nowadays, most people just use tin on tin, so two metal pieces. They're a little bit better for shaking drinks because metal doesn't take as much energy to heat up and cool down. So you can cool down your drink a little bit faster with metal. The other kind is called a cobbler shaker. These go back about 200 years. These are a little bit more old fashioned today. You don't see them in use a lot, but they're generally three parts. These are the ones that have the built-in strainer, the ones you typically see on a bar cart, sort of like in your grandmother's den. This is gonna be the cobbler shaker. They're really good for one cocktail at a time, not so good for doing two or three at once. And, and you also touched on, 
you don't need to have every kind of liquor or liqueur. So what would you recommend for someone kind of starting out or will it kind of also go through with maybe what you want as we go through some of these recipes? Yeah, I'd start with what you want to make. Pick two or three drinks that you're really interested in making, buy the ingredients for those, and then use those as a roadmap to choose what you want to make next. For example, if maybe I'm doing a, a kind of Manhattan cocktail riff called a Bobby Burns. It uses Benedictine, for example, which is an herbal liqueur from the 1800s. I would go ahead and maybe say, well, I'm not using that in large quantities. What other cocktails use Benedictine that might be good for me to use? And that way I can expand my cocktail repertoire without necessarily having to buy three or four more bottles. And in that way, you can just kind of map yourself out. There's a really good online resource by Simon Difford called um, Difford's Guide. And what it does is it's got thousands and thousands of cocktails in its database, but you can actually just search by single ingredient. Mm. So in that way, you can kind of cross-index and narrow your search down to, well, these are the 60 cocktails that he has in his database that use Benedictine. And in that way, you can kind of very narrowly grow as, as you get better at making cocktails at home. That is a, a good resource right there. <laughs> I always wonder what in the world am I going to do with this uh, after I get yeah. something. And and you also talked about glassware. Now, you can go crazy. You can be like me, and I swear I have about you know two cabinets full of glassware, but I drink a little, yeah. few different types of beer, <laughs> cocktails, whiskeys, things like that. So when it comes to glassware, what do you need to be thinking about? It really comes down to you need a, um, a decent-sized coupe and a decent-sized rocks glass. You can really get away with those two things. Now, if you want to start making drinks like Mai Tais or anything on crushed ice or juleps, you're going to start needing different kinds of cups and glassware. But it really just comes down to those two. And for coupes, you really want to avoid the big ones. You still see a lot of oversized glassware on the market. Not as much as it was during the 80s and 90s, but cocktails were conceived to be really small quantities. So you want to get a coupe that's between five or six ounces, because all of the classic cocktail recipes, the finished drink is going to be five to six ounces. Um, an eight ounce coupe, you're only going to fill it up halfway. It's going to look silly. You're going to think you did something wrong. So you want to make sure you get smaller coupe size. Rocks glass really depends on what kind of ice you have at home. If you've got um, one of the large two-inch cube molds that you can get from, say, Amazon, then you might want to go ahead and get a 10 to 12-ounce rocks glass. That way you can drop a big cube in. But if you've just got your normal ice cubes that your maybe your freezer makes, then you can get something a little bit smaller. Maybe like an 8 or a 9-ounce rocks glass will work great. And, and you learn the hard way sometimes when you have those bigger rocks, <laughs> as, I, as I did when I tried to put one in. I'm like, this won't fit. Yes. Um, but thankfully, I had, had a few other options. Now, before we finish the basics, I'm always curious about this, too, because I have people ask, ask or go, all right, you put real lemon in it or are you can you get away with, you know, the kind of can not canned lemon juice, but, you know, the little squirt bottles of lemon and lime juice or what does that do to a cocktail? The square bottles don't really work, and the problem is they're designed to taste like lemon, but I, they don't really have the same levels of acidity. And that's, that's what it really comes down to. The, the reason you use fresh lemon or lime juice is, is, is sort of twofold. One, you've got the, the right balance of acidity in the fruit, which for lemons and limes, they're both about 6% acidity, which is what you need for a nicely balanced cocktail. The other is, after you juice them, they start to oxidize, which lime juice oxidizes in a matter of, you know, four to eight hours. Lemon juice is pretty close to that, which is why if you juice a lemon or a lime and you have it the next day, it's going to taste kind of metallic, um, even a little bit bitter on the back end, and that's because the juice is actually deteriorating in, in quality. Now, there are some other sort of like more advanced hacks that you can find online to, to get around that. Um, and some other tricks and, and things that you can create at home that can add acidity without necessarily requiring fresh lemon and lime juice. But I'd stay away from the bottles. They just don't really make for a really balanced drink. And then last but not least, is there a big don't that people need to watch out for or, or just something in general that they need to watch out for? The golden rule uh, when you're learning how to make cocktails at home is understanding the difference between stirring and shaking. 
if a drink has a dairy product, if it has eggs, or if it has citrus juice, you must shake it. And that's because the act of shaking, the ice bouncing back and forth and agitating the liquid, is going to cause emulsification to happen. So when you strain the cocktail off, you're going to get a homogeneous, completely whole cocktail. You stir a cocktail that only has spirits or liqueurs in it, and that way it's not going to add any extra oxygen to it. It won't get agitated. It's going to re remain really clear and very silky in texture, whereas a shaken drink, you're going for the agitation and the extra aeration in it to kind of create a, create a finished product. So that's like the biggest rule to keep in mind when you're making drinks at home. Those are some good things to consider. And as we go through this month, we'll go through four different recipes that you can build off of. And Jake, I appreciate it as always. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. Remember to check out Hops and Spirits on social media at Hop Spirits, all one word, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also find Hops and Spirits on YouTube and at HopsSpirits.com. Joining us here on the Bar Conversation, she's a music artist. She's probably, we could just describe her as an artiste because of everything she does. She's an entrepreneur, business owner, beauty mogul. I think she does it all. And I hopefully will say her name correctly. Welcome in, Kingsley. You got it. See? <laughs> Three times a turn. Yeah. I, I was worried because it sounds so simple, but I, I have been known, especially after a drink or two, to to say things horribly wrong, but I think we're good tonight. You know, and, and, and with that said, I, I've got a little bit of uh, bourbon. Um, oh, it's from Sheridan, Oregon. It says it right there. I didn't see that earlier. Sheridan, Oregon called ransom bourbon. Ah. You got anything good? Sheridan. I got shillings, which is the best local brand of cider in Oregon. Oh, actually it's Candon, Washington. And that's my bad. Don't tell <laughs> anyone. <laughs> They're close enough, close Delicious. enough. Delicious. <laughs> now, I, I, you know, I didn't ask this before, but I mean, you, I know you're not a bourbon drinker, but I'm guessing you do enjoy different types of alcohol. Yeah, I'm a tequila girl. Tequila mm. only makes me stronger. Um, I like whiskey. I like, I, I mean, I'll drink bourbon if I have to. I won't say no to a free drink. And I think that that's the issue. If it's free. <laughs> It's for me. So. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that. That that is smart. That that's a good way to go about. That must be that business side of you. Very frugal. Very smart with the money. You know. <laughs> so, now, you know. As well, I, I, I don't know if I'm smart with money. You can ask. You can ask. My <laughs> now, I, I I said as your name is Kingsley. Is that your given name, or is that what you have decided is your stage name? And and is that always been your stage name? If so. Yeah, my given name is Rumpelstiltskin. I think that's what my most most of my friends call me. Um, <laughs> I'll take your firstborn child. No, I'm kidding. Um, it, I have such a weird uh, relationship with my name because originally my name was supposed to be uh, Michael Eugene Lincoln, which was a boy's name, obviously. And um, back in the 90s, when you like didn't know ultrasounds were as good as they were. I had my hands down where your PD goes. So the doctors told my parents, and, it, and this is multiple ultrasounds, right? This isn't the first time. And then they figure it out. I mean, this is all nine months. My mom was like, it's a boy, it's a boy, it's a boy. To the point where they had a boy baby shower. I had boy clothes. My name was picked in stone. I was the first son my dad was having. You know, he cried to the gods. Thank you. And then I was born and was not a boy at all surprise and, <laughs> surprise and my name is mo because my dad like could not let go of michael he like could not let it be a, a, a boy's name you know and so uh he was like mo <laughs> you will be called this and so when i got into artistry in sixth grade my mom was like well you don't have to be your name you know you can be whatever name you want to be and so i'm googling names and i'm looking it up and I hate all these girl names. And serendipitously, I Google boy names and I find this name Kingsley. And I'm like, okay. And it was literally like the Chicago, like Roxy type of a thing where they like, I could hear my name in lights, you know, and, and all the jazz. And 
later in life went to college learned branding and was like oh this is actually a really great name with the crown and the purples and the golds and like having this regal personality um but yeah so mo by given kingsley by taketh (laughs) and really enjoy really enjoy the duality of my life being two different people well and and like i said you you do so many things too you were wear many different hats and and i mean how is it balancing that because i mean you're 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 a musician that's if you do it right that's a full-time gig you're you're working with some beauty product lines you i believe you also have your own business like how do you balance all this um in in a word black women black womening you know we (laughs) just do the damn thing um no i i love to work i really do i really enjoy working I really have a blast um, getting to create every day, whether it's for my uh, business, whether it's for Kingsley, whether it's for the the makeup company, um, whether it's a music video or modeling shoot. I just, my best friend's getting married and I was her maid of honor and I planned her bachelorette party in Nashville. And I planned, I mean, it was four days, 14 women and I planned everyone's outfits, right? I love, I love to do things. Oh yeah, we had disco night, 90s theme. We were the baddest girls there. It's incredible. And everyone's like, how did you do this? I love to plan. I love, I love to work. And I have found myself in this journey when you know the music industry is very tough. I found myself finding more joy in things that you need to do. And I just have a blast doing it. Well, and you're doing it very well, I I, I must say. Uh, like I said, you're you've got the beauty line uh, where, where you partnered with Event Cosmetics. What was that like, and what drew you to that? Yeah, Event Cosmetics, man, it, it it's very serendipitous. My best friend Haley Johnson, who I am her maid of honor, she is an incredible musician. She was on American Idol. She plays bass for Big Wild. She's been overseas for touring three or four times. She's I'm riding her coattails. She tells me she's riding mine, but I just I'm like, no, girl. Um, <laughs> Her mom worked at this makeup shop. So we would often go in to like catch up with her mom, get our makeup done, get facials. And when COVID happened, um, I lived 10 minutes from the shop. So I was doing like my neighborhood walk so I can stay fit during COVID. And she was in the shop, um, Kathy. Uh, and I just bang on the door and I'm like, oh my God, Kathy is Diane in. I haven't seen Haley's mom in so long. Like, how are you guys doing? And Kathy was, we just talked about life and what was happening with her business and what was happening with my album. And came up with the idea that when my album comes out, we would do one lipstick with the album. Well, that turned into the best gift music could have given me, which was three lipsticks for all three of my singles, that each lipstick represented my music in a way that I had never interpreted before. And once the album came out, we grew the collection more for people who are non-lipstick wearers, but want to take care of your lips with like a lip scrub and a vitamin E stick. And I get so much joy that I get to talk about these products and, and represent this beautiful business and teach women, men, and non-binaries and every, every person on this beautiful earth how to feel beautiful, which I didn't have when I was a child. So I am just honored and so humbled and lucky to be a part of this collection. And, and you know, you mentioned, you know, you have, have the, it, it morphed into the three different uh, shades and in, in, in the three different singles. How how involved were you? Like, were you right there with them, testing it, figuring it out, down to the like finer details? I mean, how how was that? And I'm guessing you probably learned a lot. <laughs> oh my god, I felt like Rihanna. <laughs> I was like, this is how she feels. Um, <laughs> that's a good feeling. Just, yeah, if you can feel like Rihanna at least once in a day, that's a pretty good day. Um, I literally, I would try um, uh, try the makeup on or the lipstick on, tell her what I didn't like, tell her what I liked. And Kathy would be like, okay, we'll take it to the lab. We'll take it to the lab. And I learned so much about what makes a product vegan, what makes a product natural, like what you're actually chemically putting on your face. Like, cause I was a Walgreens girl. If it was on sale, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> and I, I still stand by that. But now I know <laughs> at least what I'm putting on my face. Um, no, I, I'm, I was so involved. I was literally from the branding to the boxes. I designed the boxes myself. Um, I know Photoshop. I studied it in school with my business degree. So I designed the boxes myself. Um, the way that it's packaged, the note that you get with it um, to, to the 
um, purple uh, packaging it gets shipped with. Literally everything was all me. Well, and, and you touched on it. You you have a, a business degree. You also have a vocal performance degree. I feel like you were just destined for this, you know, to do everything. Yeah, I think it's hilarious. Um, the two degrees was definitely for my father of like, you're going to go to school and you're going to do better than all your friends. You got to get two degrees. Can't get one. Can't get one. But you're a black girl in America. You can't get one degree. You got to get two. Um and I was like, if I'm thanks, gonna Dad. Up thanks, Dad. Um, so that was really awesome. <laughs> Thank you. No, would not recommend that for anyone. Take your time in college. Have a good time. Get as many student loan debts as you can. Who cares? I don't just take as much money in from the government. Take it all. Um, no, I, I really got to see my mother. My mother owns a track team and she's a teacher. And she's in her passion. And I got to see what it looks like to be in your passion, but not just to be in your passion, the hard work that goes behind it. So the long nights where you're up until 2 a.m. and you have to teach at 6 a.m. Coaching, having to drive five hours for uh, the Junior Olympics, you know, and coming back and then being a family person. I I really got this great lens of what actual um, hard work that is not burnout hard work. It's hard work towards something that means something. And it is all attributed to my mother. Well, and you grew up in a, in a big family, a, a large family, and it, it's still large to this day. What was, what was that like? And, and you know, you, you mentioned your mom and dad kind of, you know, making you be a little bit of an overachiever, two degrees. I mean, what, what was it like growing up with uh, what eight? There's eight of you, uh, if I'm, I'm not mistaken. There is eight. We're all still we're all still kicking. So there's still all eight of us. Um, there's never a dull moment. My youngest sister is 13. And um, even just like being home, I was home two weeks ago and the chaoticness of the home of just, you, if you want quiet, that is not the home to go to. Because I'm literally, <laughs> I was in a podcast interview and my dad is yelling across the table for me to ask the interviewer where he's from. And I'm like, dad, the, the questions are predetermined. I can't, I don't think you know how it works. And he like comes in the camera and I'm like, this is my dad. Hello. Hi, um, I'm embarrassed and I'm sorry, but you have to keep this. Um, this is it. This is who we are. Um, I think a lot of my personality comes from having seven siblings of like, I never, I had to speak up for myself at a very young age. Otherwise you'll get drowned out. Um, so I'm a very loud person, but that's because you have to be louder to be heard. Um, I eat when I'm hungry, because if you didn't do that in the Lincoln home, you wouldn't get to eat. <laughs> so like, come when dinner is ready or don't come at all. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm very thankful. I love all my siblings to death. They're crazy. They're insane. They are like me times 10. <laughs> so. And did, did your dad ever get the boy? Did he ever get a son? He got two boys. Not me. He got two of them. So I, <laughs> I, my two brothers, it was six girls and two boys. And that didn't help him because it was literally seven women in the house. So I was like, I don't know what you did to women in your childhood, but like, you got a lot of karma happening right now. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot going on on there. I I'm only surrounded by by two, and I can only imagine with with, with six or seven, yeah. you know. So yeah, oh, I, I yeah. can only My imagine. My mom is the leader. <laughs> yes. Now, now with that, you you. It, I feel like it was a musical household. Now, with what you were actually able to listen to, that might be a whole different story. But, I mean, what was it like musically there? I mean, were, were there a lot of different things going on, or were you very only allowed to listen to, like, certain things? Yeah, I would. I, I want to tell people narrative because I'm like, God, it's so embarrassing to be like, my life came from Disney. <laughs> Parents, right? They have eight kids. They And this is, like, the verge of the Internet. So they're like trying to maintain a system that they don't know yet. Um, so we got to listen to either Disney, Chicago house music, and I'm talking old Chicago house music, original or gospel. That's it. Those were the choices. So I went so, so deep into Disney because my parents wouldn't monitor it. Right. I would just be like, I want this Disney CD. And they would look at the back and it'd be like Disney or Hollywood records. And they'd be like, okay, you can have this. Right. Um, so I was a big Jonas brother fan, a big Selena Gomez fan. Demi Lovato taught me my stage presence to this day. Um, 
uh, Hannah Montana until she turned into Miley Cyrus, uh, Justin Bieber, because he was signed with, uh, he was with Sony, but he had a lot of Columbia Records type-esque stuff, you know? Um, so my like writing style is literally like High School Musical 1, 2, and 3. I can sing every lyric. I don't have any shame behind that. Like, let's have a High School Musical party. Um, and I still watch Disney movies to this day. Like, Turning Red is incredible. The music is pop music. Such a good movie. Um, so, yeah, I'm a big Disney person. Hey, I... I, I I was going to say, I get it. I get it. I got, got a three and a half year old daughter. She loves turning red. Um, she was singing. I want it. You want it uh, there for a good while. Um, that was her jam. And then now she's on to sing two. That's a great one. She's on to sing two. I know it's not Disney, but it's animated and a lot of music. And she is team Johnny all the way. Um, that's like her favorite. Mina's up there too, but team Johnny all the way. Team, same. Team Johnny till I die. Period. So, so I, I get yeah. it. I, I get it, you know, and, and it's nice to see her move off the nursery rhymes and go to something that actually has some lyrics that I don't mind having in the car. Um, although two straight weeks of certain songs is, can get a little, little rough, but it, but it's okay. They, they won't grow out of that because when I drive by myself, I will have the same song on repeat. I have no problem with it. No problem. I can drive 35 minutes listening to the exact same song. I think she gets it from me because I have a bad habit of, of that as well. Now, you know, I, you, you've loved, I think, music all your life. I mean, was there ever a time where music wasn't part of your life? Oh, my gosh. No. And, um, oh, there's a beautiful butterfly that I wish I could show you. I wish you could see it. It's beautiful. Um, Oregon. It's just so beautiful. No, there, there's never been a time. And I was trying to think of like a moment where I was like not doing music. And I guess I wasn't doing, I was doing music in college, but I was in an acapella group. So that wasn't like. It's still music. I mean, it's some type of music. Yeah. And I have the music degree. I think when I got to Portland, like establishing Kingsley the first year I wasn't really doing music I worked at a music venue um so but I was still like learning who I was going to record with you know what my album was going to look like uh trying to establish relationships what my band was going to look like so I guess the first year which is hilarious because now that I think back like the first year was like my hardest year when it came to like not feeling like myself and that's probably because I wasn't doing music so you you were meant to do it that's just that's what it all comes down to you it's so cliche to be like I hate saying this in interviews when they're like when did you know you wanted to do music and I'm like man I remember singing Alicia Keys falling in third grade and I didn't win the talent show because a third grader is trying to sing that song no um (laughs) but I remember closing my eyes and when the first notes came out it was this sense of home and it's something that only like when surfers try to describe what it feels like to be inside of the tube and they're like, you just have to do it to know the sense that like, I have felt that home feeling and I've been chasing it ever since. That everything else in life does not equate to that moment. And I just wanna feel that moment. That everything else feels pretty irrelevant when it comes to to life, unless I'm like submerged in music. Well, I I mean, I I was reading there. I mean, you, you, you know, we're singing at an early age, joined the choir at like age eight, taught yourself guitar and piano. Um, I think you even had a group with your, your sisters at age 10. Um, I mean, like what, what is it about, what is it about music? Like, I mean, what, what is it that you just love so much about it? Yeah. We have to put on the record. The group at age, age 10 was a, a spinoff of the Jonas brothers. It was supposed to be called the Jonas sisters where we each thought we would be sister wives, where we we're going to marry each of them. <laughs> And it didn't work out because the world wasn't ready for that. And none of my siblings were ready to practice, including myself. So that did not take. And I think the world should know that the band Heartfield, while it was a beautiful idea, not in this lifetime. Um, But I think I have the like honor of knowing what gives me purpose in life. And I'm so very thankful and I'm so very lucky to have this because I know a lot of people um, have wavered and struggled with what they wanna do. 
but what I've learned is you will, and, it, and this came from COVID because we didn't have shows. You will not always get to do the thing that brings you the most joy. So you have to learn how to find joy in everything else that can either be related to or subsequent to. And so because of COVID, I find more joy in podcast calls. I find so much more joy in doing markets where I get to talk about my lipstick collection where I'm not actually performing. I find more joy in the studio part of it. Mixing, I hated mixing. You, If you would have asked me three years ago about mixing, I'd have been like, that's none of my business. That's between my mixer and Jesus. Like, I don't know. <laughs> um, send me the track when it's very close to being done. So I, I think this new approach I've had on life and it's because of COVID to just enjoy, enjoy the labors of music has made it more fruitful, more successful and hot diggity damn, just so much fun, you know, so much fun. I, I, I love that. And, you know, I, I know you grew up, you know, near Chicago. Um, now that this is our, our third take at this, I've learned a few things along, along the way. So you grew up near Chicago. Um, what, what, did that have any impact on, on, on you? Or, I mean, did, cause you know, I've talked to folks and they're like, man, I saw so-and-so and that's exactly what I knew I wanted to do. I mean, or, or, you know, it was like, I, I grew up in, story. you know, or I had someone that, you know, grew up in DC and they had go-go music, you know, like, and they just had a whole genre there that, that was theirs. I mean, was Chicago like that for, for you at all? Or was it just, you know, a nearby town that you can say that that's where I was close to? <laughs> I have to say Chicago legally because I don't think people really know um, Plainfield. Like that's where I'm from. Plainfield. It, the name is exactly how it sounds. Um, I'm scratching so much because I'm getting eaten alive by mosquitoes, but that's what you get for being in nature. Um, this it's just because you're so sweet. I think it's the cider. <laughs> should have switched to bourbon. That would have deterred them. Um, but I think I loved Disney Channel so much. I, I saw myself in these characters, right? I think it's really hilarious that Hannah Montana's like movie came out on my 16th birthday. And I had my sweet 16 at the movie theater watching this thing where she was these two people, Miley Cyrus and Hannah Montana. And I was Kingsley and Mo Lincoln, right? I was these two people. And my inspiration for music really came from this Disney Channel dream. It was a dream. I wish I had a story of like, I saw so-and-so, but it really wasn't. I just like, and maybe this is because I've been on this earth before, but when I sang that Alicia Keys song, it felt so out of body and so right. So much like myself that I wish I could attribute it to Chicago or anything, but like in reality, it, it has been so much in me that it almost feels wrong to do something else. Like I could probably work at Verizon and kill it and be the best seller because I can sell you anything, probably bug spray right now. But <laughs> I happen to love music so much that I know if I do anything else, it won't bring me joy. Well, I was going to say, I mean, that, that one year when you were figuring things out in Portland, it sounds like it, it, you weren't you. I mean, but, but moving out to Portland I, after school, I know that's what you were like. I'm out of Chicago. And I also get the total thing about saying you're from Chicago. I say I'm from Pittsburgh. Cause that's the closest thing you can find on a map, but technically I'm from West Virginia. And then if I say I'm from Pittsburgh, it's, it's someone from Pittsburgh, it goes horribly wrong. So I get that uh, a lot, but what was it like for you moving out to Portland and, and how's it been musically for you? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I have, okay. I can say, I can go so many different ways, but I'm going to start with the okays and end with the positives. I think Portland has so much work to do when it comes to catering and cherishing people of color and then the arts of people of color. And I think because it's a blue state and I don't wanna get into political rights and political wrongs, but because the state is blue and it shines to be inclusive, it really misses the mark. It really misses the mark on incredibly talented people. And I've seen it time and time again of Black artists not getting the, the, the roses they deserve in a city that, you know, should love and care. So that's my like, eh. but my balls with Portland is because it is such a small city, if you are indubitably good and you like to talk a lot, you will move so quickly in this city, which is me. I talk way too much. 
Um, so I have gotten opportunities of a lifetime in the last three years that would not happen in Chicago, would not happen in LA, would not happen in New York. Um, I've gotten open for people. I've gotten on festivals that how the heck am I on this festival? And I'm talented, but also like, I don't have an agent. I'm not with a label. How the heck am I here right now? Um, there's no way. And it's really because I was here in Portland and I'm thankful for a city that lets you incubate, uh, has an audience that will grow with you, will, will support you and, and buy your merch and show up in ways that I don't think another city could ever do. Um, and so because of that, I am right here right now. But because of what I mentioned at the beginning, I am leaving in six weeks. <laughs> so duality can exist. I think I've overstayed my stay. And I'm like, okay, I got to take my black ass talent somewhere else so that, you know, we, we can feel loved the way that uh, you, every person deserves to feel loved. I just think, you know, more times out of not black artists don't get the love they deserve. Well, well, that, that's unfortunate because I know know how talented you are. I got to listen to your albums out. I didn't get to listen to it. I was listening to it. Um, and I'm going to say it correctly this time. Crying on holidays. There's no the in there. It just sounds like there should be. But crying on holidays. Um, why that title? Because there's no song called that on the album. So how did that come about? Yeah. Um. I'm going to crack open my, my next cider because I finished the, the first one. That's all right. I already went to a second or third um, pour. I'm not sure what number I'm on yet. So crying. Did you? I'm not judging you. I'm a singer. I'm not a judge. That's for a reason. <laughs> You're lucky I didn't go to law school. Okay. I'd be a really good judge, but I'm not. Um, so crying on holidays originated from my mother. And so because I have a big family and I'm such a little family girl, I called my mother every holiday. I mean, we had Easter and we still do. We have, we have baby Easter where they have the cute little baby eggs. And then we have the adult hunt where there's like $300 in one egg and you got to find the golden egg. Like, yeah. And when like you're, it. you know, 28 and you're hurting for some kids, you could really use that $300. Um, no, I have a really big family and I have a, a very close with them. So I would call my mom pretty much every holiday, just crying that I miss them or I'm fighting with my, my now ex, like we're fighting about whatever because he doesn't understand um, why holidays are such an important factor to me. So I'm crying to my mom and she's like, you should write an album called Crying on Holidays because you're not the only person who feels this way, who feels like homesick or is fighting you know, with family. And so the original project was supposed to be me writing about each holiday and how I felt. And when COVID happened, I got to rewrite this project because I had all this time. And I decided to rewrite it specifically about the breakup that I was currently going through. So my album is supposed to be listened from start to finish. And it takes you on a journey of literally my first heart, my first time falling in love and my first heartbreak. And it is such a special moment that I get to share with people because I know the holidays can be a lot for some, and I know it could mean nothing for others. And regardless of how you feel, I know there's been one holiday that you cried on. So there's at least one song on my album that you will connect with. I, I, I love that idea. And I, I also love kind of, in a sense, it's a, it's a concept album that's not exactly a concept album. You know, it, it's it's telling telling stories. But, um, you know, I, I read too a while back, this was probably before maybe you even got onto this project. Um, that you didn't want to write about love songs. Has that changed? I mean, or, or, or where, where, where do you stand on that? <laughs> I still don't. And my next album is, um, I don't want to write about love songs because I didn't believe in love before I met this person. I was a player. I believe you should play the fields the way that I don't know what his name is, but the way Kobe Bryant got all them rings transferring through all those teams, right? You just got to play the game. Um, I'm a big advocate for dating. I'm a big advocate for being a hoe. I think you should just live your life. Uh, marriage is terrible. Don't do it. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> um, I think my reason to not write about love is because I don't like being unauthentic to myself. And I have to sing these songs every time I get on stage. And if I'm not giving you my most authentic self, then why am I stepping on the stage? 
with that, <laughs> my next project, I kind of took a page out of uh, Dua Lipa, who her future nostalgic project, she said in the Rolling Stones interview that it wasn't about a person that she was hoping to attract. And when she finished the album, she did. And it's not that I'm hoping to attract this person, but I'm hoping to find more joy in flirtation to allow myself to give love freer because it is the greatest gift from this earth. Um, and to not be so selfish with my love um, and to not be so tainted after my heart was broken. I wanna get, wanna get back out there and just give the way that I love to give and be the way that I love to be. And so my next project called Come Find Me is simply that. I don't, wouldn't say there are love songs, but I will say there is just so, so much flirtation and so much fun and passion and just free love to give. So, so with that said, when you're, when you're writing, cause I've always been curious as the, to how folks attack a song. And sometimes it's like you said, it's, it could be the hook, you know, cause of how you grew up with, with Disney channel. Some folks, that's just kind of what they write and they go into the writer's room and I got this part, but I need you to help out. Or others are like, I grew up in a small town. You knew who I was writing about. So like for you, what's it like writing songs and, and where are you pulling from? Oh my gosh. So with crying on holidays specifically, and I didn't realize I was like this. Have you ever seen Tick, Tick, Boom? It's about the wonderful composer of Rent. Mm -hmm. It follows his story. It's played by Andrew Garfield. So at, towards the end of the movie, he's like arguing with his girlfriend. And when he goes to hug her, he's like tapping on her back what the song would be. And I can tell you in the middle of an argument, I would think, oh, that's a good song lyric. That line right there, that's a lyric. And I wish that I wasn't like that. And you know what? Therapy has taught me not to be that toxic person. Okay, don't be that person. We all have faults. We got, it's okay. Um, so previously my writing would be like, I would get into this crazy fight with my ex and then I would go to my car and I would literally voice memo what, what I'm feeling. And it would be in song form because I've spent most of my life writing songs. So it's not hard for me to bust out a song because the emotion is finally there. For this next project, I had to sit with myself and be like, what do you want to feel? <laughs> like, you're not, you're not these things. Um, what do you want to feel? And even collaborating with more people because these are feelings that I don't really know. Uh, I, I like that. And, and I'm sure even to this day, you probably on your phone have just random recordings of things and you look back and go, why the hell did I record that? <laughs> or, oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Voice memos and the notes going back through my notes and seeing things. And I'm like, oh, she was not OK. She was <laughs> not OK. And that's OK. <laughs> And even with the voice memos, I saw a TikTok, this is like a year ago, that was like, you should voice memo how you're feeling and listen back to it so that you can un-irrationalize yourself. I talk so darn much in those voice memos, I couldn't even get through half of it listening back. I'm like, why is this 10 minutes long? You have so much to say. Too much. A little, little TL, DR, or DL didn't, too long didn't listen. <laughs> Now, you know, you mentioned you got new music. I'm guessing that you're working on that now. When can folks expect it? Because your last album dropped about a year, a little over a year ago. Um, so what, what, what's going on there? When, when, when can we hear something? Yeah, this is not like me. Usually I'm like a project a year. Um, when my first project came out, the next year I released two EPs, so many music videos, you know, a single. I... Um, I am learning to go with the flow and not pressuring myself to do things, which is all a part of learning and growing um, and healing my childhood self. I, you have seven siblings, you always wanna prove yourself. And while I think that that is healthy, there was an unhealthy version of myself. So this next project, I'm taking my time. For the first time ever, I don't know when I'm gonna release it. I know it'll be summer. I don't have exact dates around it. I don't know where I'm producing because I'm moving to London in September. I know I want to do my Kickstarter around October, right? And so these are new things I'm trying to instill in myself that the music industry is not going anywhere. I don't need to rush art. No need to rush it. So I'm keeping my heart open. I'm demoing out right now. We have eight songs demoed. 
maybe they'll all be on there. Maybe they will not. Um, maybe it'll just be an EP and maybe it won't be an album. But I'm, I'm really excited for this project because it is the opposite of my last two projects. Well, it's like you come full circle. You, you know, you, you learn, you grow, you, you know, just life, life comes at you and, and things change. And it's cool to hear that. And I also, you know, on that last album, I, I believe you, you know, I asked if, if you like drinks, you said you liked the tequila, you're, you're, you're a tequila girl at heart, but you did a cocktail cocktail book pairing to songs on your album. How does that work? And how much fun was that? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. So this started from the Kickstarter and what the, not you trying to bite me on my boob, bro. It's just the disrespect mosquitoes. Um, so the Kickstarter, we had a level you could buy. It was like $25 for Portland only. When the album came out, we would have this rooftop, roof, rooftop. I'm starting to get tipsy. Can you see that? Rooftop listening party. And um, where you would get to get three different drinks that I would choose while we're playing my album. So when the Kickstarter got funded in February of 2020, that was okay. When March 2020 happened, <laughs> that was not okay. So I was trying to figure out what the heck to do with this. Be, these people paid me money and they will not get to go to this thing. I'm like, I don't know when. Um, so I was talking with one of my friends and I was like, I think I'll just send them a recipe book, you know, like here's three recipes for the album. And like my lipstick collection, that turned into this incredible book where my brother's girlfriend did the artwork. My friend Karen drew up the recipes. I got to write the stories. And then from that, I was like, we should do a podcast on this because each song has a person, a specific person that like made the song, whether it was the person who directed the music video, whether it was the band person who played on the live album or the producer or my bandmate who um, made one of my songs. There were so many people that got to be a part of this. So I got to do a 12 episode podcast where we made the drink, we get hammered and we talk about the song. <laughs> and it was just such a blessing. And I want to do that with every single project I ever put out. So not only can you like listen to the song and dance along, but you can make the cocktail that I believe the song represents. Right. And so therapy, the cocktail is called uh, AMF, like the adios motherfucker, because woo, therapy, adios motherfucker, you know, <laughs> like that is you need that drink to listen to that song. Um, and even I'm fine was paired with the French 75, which the girl who wrote I'm fine with me, uh, Ashley Kervavon, her uh, late grandma drank French 75. So we attributed it to her. Um, and every time I drink those now, it's such a beautiful moment. So this little Kickstarter thing turned into such a longevity project that I will continue doing forever because I talk so much shit about my ex in that book. You need to read it. I just, I lay it all out, lay it out. I'm like, I was all wrong this much, maybe 22%. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that is awesome. Well, and I, I love to, cause it, it was funny when, when the, you know, I was learning about it. I was like, Oh, I don't know. You know, I do a lot of country, a lot of Americana folk. And they're like, she did a cocktail book to her album. I was like, yep. Gotta have her on. Gotta have her on. I got to hear this story. <laughs> and it, you know, like, like how does this happen? And, and I, I, I love to, yeah. so, so like when you were coming up with these, were you trying them along and going, yep, that's it. Or nope, nope, that's not it. Like how, how detailed oh, were my you? Gosh, yes. And shout out to Kieran because she made every cocktail for me and I got lit that day. <laughs> First off, the rule like beer before liquor, you're in the, that is a rule. And also eat before you try that many cocktails. Mm. And I had never had um, the mule. I had never had the dark and stormy. I was just, and she made so many for me. She had five different books. She's like a licensed cocktail maker, five different books she's flipping through we're listening to the album over and over again and I am just getting lit just getting lit and I'm cracking jokes and she's like write this down for the book and I'm like oh yeah we're working I forgot <laughs> I mean that's a good so, way to so work <laughs> that's a good way to work <laughs> not gonna lie <laughs> 10 out of 10 10 out of 10 and it's just another I think now that I've I've put this project out it is just another way to connect with people. If you don't drink, I've got lipsticks, 
if you don't do lipsticks, I've got a recipe book. If you don't do either of those, I got music, you know, there's just so many ways I get to connect with people and I'm, I'm humbled by the experience, just humbled. Well, and, and, and I'll say this as, as someone that talks to folks for, for a living and, and gets to enjoy a drink with folks as well. There, there's an art to it all. And I think that's the coolest part. There's an art to it all. You're getting to share art in a, a whole bunch of different mediums, whether that's a drink, a cocktail, lipstick, I mean, you name it, music. It, it's really cool. And, and as, as we wrap up, IamKingsley.com. You can find her on social media as well. You know, the year's only about halfway over at this point. What fun stuff do you have in store for the rest of the year? I'm moving to London. I'm moving to London in <laughs> eight weeks. <laughs> I'm very excited. Um, I'm very excited to just um, take on life. I'm, I'm single. I'm, just, I'm excited to fall in love with myself again. I'm currently falling in love and, again and enjoying who I am and growing as a person I think my next step is to just this is 29 to 30 is to just be present be right here with the moments and and enjoy every single breath I get to take that's my next thing if you're talking about business well we got an album to make and we got music videos to put out and we got another cocktail book to do and more merch to make and more tours to, to be overseas and more collaborations to happen. And, you know, I want to be on some big name festivals and open for big name people. So there, there's a lot of good things from here until the end of the year. And I'm just so excited to just breathe this air and take one step in front of the other. And it sounds like it's going to be a, a fun journey. It's one that I can't wait to see what happens in Kingsley. This was a blast. And thanks for sharing a drink with me. It was a, a good time. Thank you so much for having me. All of our flubs. This was incredible. Incredible. <laughs> Great questions. I was so enamored the entire time. Thank you so much. <laughs>